My name is Sam Varner, and I'm a profit coach. And you're asking yourself, what the hell is a profit coach? It is a coach that focuses on business owners getting to the point where they're paying themselves a minimum of $75,000 in actual income. So you are so profitable in your business, you are taking home a minimum of 75K. You've got your systems, your finances, your sales, everything all sorted out. And you have generated the business that you thought you were going to do when you first started. This is for service-based entrepreneurs. So if you're a lawyer or a doctor or a chiropractor or somebody similar in private practice, and you've spent all the time learning exactly what you need to know to be exceptional in your industry, but what you didn't get was the business knowledge in taking this private practice from a place you work to a thriving business, that's what I'm here for. I'm Sam Varner, the Profit Coach, and this is the podcast, She Needs Grit. Get ready, get caffeinated, and let's get profitable. Okay, everybody, this is Sam Varner, your host of She Needs Grit, and today I am meeting with Abigail, and we talked about this in the intro. Abigail, thank you so much for joining me on the She Needs Grit podcast this morning. Yeah, I'm so glad I could be here. Yeah, I'm I am pumped. I'm really excited for the audience to get a chance to listen to you and have this kind of eavesdrop little conversation on what sure. we're going to talk about. It's very cool for me too because I have spent many a time listening to your podcast. So oh, well, I'm so glad. Yeah, yes, it's kind of <laughs> cool to be like, "Hey, now you're here." Feels, I, feels I exist. I'm a real person. I'm not just a voice on the internet. Although some people may big dip. Uh, yeah. If you, if you guys love podcasts, you should definitely check out the strategy hour. Yeah. And I will, I will second that for sure. It's a podcast that I love listening to. I always, there's always a takeaway. That's what I think is super valuable is I'm always like, Ooh, yes, I need to make notes. And I'm always listening to you when I'm driving. So I'm like, can somebody please send me some notes after the fact? That would be great. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about exactly what you do? If they're not yeah. familiar with who you are and what you do, give us kind of the rundown. Yeah. So I'm Abigail Pumphrey. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Boss Project, and I have been building my online business for the last eight years. Um, Now, my background specifically is in the design world. I went to school for graphic design, studied that, and I spent the first half of my career in a more corporate setting. I did agency work. I did a startup. I I did work in higher education for a time. My last stop before I left was a small engineering firm, and I loved working in-house. However, I always had the like inkling in my heart that... (laughs) I could do this on my own and I would have a hell of a lot more fun because I could work with the kind of clients that I really wanted to impact. And so Boss Project started as marketing boutique, a lot like many of you running your own business. We we did a lot of agency work, uh, branding, website design, and everything in between. But what I didn't realize at the time is I was turning around and teaching absolutely everything I was learning. Why was I booked out so easily? Like, what was my sales process? How did I improve my client experience? I was taking everything that was working for me inside my business, turning around and being really vocal about 
how it was going. And what ultimately ended up happening is I was building two businesses simultaneously. One was <laughs> definitely education focused, training focused for online entrepreneurs. And the other was a more traditional marketing agency. Ultimately, I put a lot of fuel on the fire on the education side and have worked with women from around the world, helping them grow and build their businesses online. And my focus is definitely helping more femme founders become financially free. I want to see women completely, completely financially independent. It's a huge passion of mine and I will go to the edges of the earth to make sure it happens. Don't worry. I don't think the earth is flat, um, <laughs> but I was like, I, okay, we have another line of questions after this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, you know, it's been such a pleasure, but I've had such an amazing opportunity to work with all sorts of business owners over the last eight years. And we've had millions of listeners on our podcast, over 16,000 clients. And, you know, it's been a joy. I I love that so much. And the number one reason I think I do love that so much is that is my mission as well, right? That financial independence for women through business ownership and actual profitability in business, mm -hmm. it lights me up, right? Like we are the same where we're both like, yes, this is the number one thing that impacts so many people and then impacts future generations of those yes, people to see absolutely. the ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about it like people sometimes in my life are like, okay, we know, we already know you talk about this all the time. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's important and let's do it more. And do you need a business? I think you do. So <laughs> I, I feel that very deeply. So let's talk about when you got to the point where you realized you'd almost done like a bit of a two-pronged approach. How did you then deal with, okay, now what? Like, how do I what do I do? Right. Cause I think so often as business owners, we're going down the trail mm -hmm. and thinking we're doing a thing and then inadvertently creating something else that just, just happens, right. Just yeah. occurs organically. So how did that, how did that come to a head and have you go like, okay, wait, what are we trying to do here? What are we creating? Yeah. So I, I think if I were to, you know, give insight to someone else, you know, I do think there's a lot of power in staying in your lane in terms of what's already working for you. I think it can be really, really sexy to build something new, to pour new energy into something and to really go after it. Ultimately, I was really young. Like I was early in my career. I had a lot more energy than, <laughs> um, and a lot more willingness to just grind it out. Um, now I am way more focused on making sure I'm living the life that I want to live. And so if I were in the same position all over again, I would absolutely continue on the marketing side. I think what I don't think people realize if they could get an insight into the kind of business that I run is that it's incredibly operationally expensive and it requires mm -hmm. a ton, a ton of eyeballs on what you do to be effective, but mm -hmm. ultimately to get completely booked out and build that financial independence in a service-based business, you may only need one to two clients a month and be rocking and rolling and have a life. And like, I get that it might feel sexy to be popular online, but trust me, it is <laughs> so much work. And I 
don't recommend it. Um, so <laughs> we do not recommend internet popularity. It, I, is, it is hard to maintain, a, if nothing else. It, yes, it is hard yeah. to maintain. Um, and if you haven't heard of me, that's probably very intentional. I've been very quiet the last couple of years and focused on more of what's worked. And it's it's been incredibly effective to just kind of go in my hole. But um, in terms of how that came to a head, it was it was definitely right time, right place was a big mm-hmm. part of it. Also, I had a partner at the time who who was so done with client work. And she was like, right. if we don't stop doing this, I don't think I'm going to work here anymore. And so, you know, I was a very go with the flow at the time. And I was excited about building the education side of our business. And I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about it. So I was all in, even though it destroyed our finances for the next, you know, 18 (laughs) months until we could restabilize and Uh build from there. But it was a bad financial decision, incredible opportunity to learn and meet more people and have a deeper impact. So no regrets here, but I, I, I wouldn't tell anyone else to pursue that voluntarily. (laughs) (laughs) You may find yourself there, but don't necessarily seek it out. Well, and I think when when people are, you know, I always assume people are driving their cars when they listen to podcasts because that's literally what I do. And I always think if you're driving and thinking, oh yeah, I have a passion for more of the education piece or even just something slightly different than what I'm exactly doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's not for the faint of heart to make that significant of a pivot, right? So it's mm-hmm. work-wise, obviously it takes a toll at the beginning and then financially, which, you know, you know, we talk about profit all the time. So how did you weather the storm of that, that shifting? Let's just talk about like the financial side of things for a minute. How did yeah. you weather that? Well, so in a traditional service-based business, if it's just you, you can expect to see between 50 to 90% profits, kind of depending Mm -hmm. on how lean you're going. I think my year one, it was like 98% profit. Yeah, because you have, it's crazy to think back on those days, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, we have no expenses of any kind. No overhead, you're Uh making stuff work, whatever. You can maintain, you know, if you want to continue to work on your own, you could maintain that into the foreseeable future. I definitely think maintaining above 80% for more than a year or two isn't necessarily super reasonable. It'll make you uncomfortable in a lot of ways. I think that spending Mm -hmm. some money is kind of essential to getting past a certain stage and offloading essential pieces. Um, 100%. Yeah. But, you know, I think you could realistically say, you know, above like between 50 and 80 for just you. When you start hiring a team and if you go into the agency realm, you could drop to, and this isn't a bad thing by no mm-hmm. means, having a smaller profit margin. I want to set up that having a smaller profit margin isn't necessarily bad. It's just a choice and it's going to give you a different set of circumstances that you're up against. Yeah. And so to have a team, you know, ultimately you're probably going to be between a profit margin of 30 and 50%. When you start running 
a digital product course membership based company, 30% is the high end of that bucket. And, you know, I think a lot of the businesses that you're familiar with are probably closer to 10 to 10 to 18%, 10 to 20%. Some who really figured it out have probably got back up to 30%, but they trudged through some years where they maybe didn't make any money or mm-hmm. lost money to get where they're going because it can be so cost heavy. Uh, but part of it also comes down to the conversion rate. So you got to think yes. about the stark differences. If you're selling an online or digital product, the average conversion rate is between 0.2% and 2% on the high end. And then when you start getting into something like social selling, um, maybe for like a group coaching program of sorts, you could probably get social selling up to about 15%. But until you're, you know, doing what you guys are already doing to convert to 60, 60 to 80 or 90%. If you're going to convert that amount of people, sales calls is the way to go. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be easier to sell into a done for you service than it is going to be to sell into something that doesn't have a done for you component. So in terms of costs, it, it, it varies like how much do yeah. you want to make and what are the margins you're kind of up against? You have to build backwards, but mm-hmm. you know, ultimately my operational budget is still higher on a monthly basis than my first job's entire year salary. And I have to make <laughs> that every single yeah. month to maintain operations. It's actually, I mean, closer to the salary I left my job at just to yeah. like make zero dollars to like, yeah, uh, just to keep the lights on, right. That number of just on be, and have, every, have mm-hmm. all my employees paid, have myself paid, you know, pay for the base operations. So there's ways to keep things much simpler, less complicated, higher margins, less stress. Mm-hmm. And it's why I pour into the women the way I do, because I I want people, while I'm all for exploring, many of our clients have some sort of hybrid component where they're still dabbling in other things, but the majority of their income is still coming from their services be- because they can make more personally so much faster than working on the other pieces. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that it ties into, and I know you talk about this, is kind of the life first philosophy, right? Is so there is that ability to just keep grinding, operate at a lower profit margin. All the benefits of that often are not necessarily, sorry. So not necessarily keep grinding and lower profit margin. That's not necessarily hand in hand, but the idea that we focus on building a life that is supported by the business so Mm -hmm. that we're not just grinding it out Yes, yeah. could all of us work 14-hour days every day? Yes, we can. And a lot of us have. But that's not, hopefully, that's not anybody listening to this podcast end goal. That's not the best case scenario by any stretch. Yeah. 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 Many of my clients are working part-time or, mm-hmm. you know, almost full-time, you know, 30 to 35 hours. Um, many have dropped down to a four-day work week. 
and they are starting to hire, but they're keeping leaner, smaller teams so that they can keep the margins they're after, but still get the support they need to keep their business running. Even if they choose to step away or something were to pop up that their clients are continued to be cared for. It's definitely possible, but knowing what it takes to keep your life running is a big part of it. And so a big component of everything I teach starts with some basic financial knowledge. Like you have Mm -hmm. to know and understand what it takes to keep the lifestyle that you have. And if you want to make adjustments to that lifestyle, what is it going to cost in, in order to achieve those things? And how can we reverse engineer your business to ensure, not just hope, but to ensure that you're priced appropriately to hit those goals at a capacity that you can actually obtain. Um, Mm -hmm. Because many people are like, well, if I do this, I only need this number of clients, but they're going to be out of time before they could possibly land that number of clients. And so I want to make sure you understand your facts and you have them straight and you know what you're going after and you have a clear plan and trajectory to get there. Yeah. And it's so critical when I talk to clients, we always talk about backwards math, right? Like making sure you understand how exactly to do those calculations and create that opportunity at all times. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's that trying to get to that point where you're eliminating some of that up and down in whatever industry you happen to be in, in order to know this is the baseline. Like this is what we can create no matter what I can do this in my sleep. And then beyond that, we can grow from there. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely grow from there. You can continue to, to build a business that reflects the season of life that you're in. I I wish people would feel less married to the situation. You know, I, it seems one of two ways, either they're convinced if I make this decision, I have to do this for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes. I'm never able to change my mind in any way. And it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) or they are a on again, off again, where they're like all in or like, I want to burn it to the ground. I want it all to go away. I can't do this again. Another day in my life, like F it, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, and so you, I, 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 there is a happy medium where you can still enjoy what you're doing and make tweaks and pivots along the way to keep things in alignment with where you're at. You know, we have clients who prepare to have go on mat leave and they have Mm -hmm. to make strategic changes in their business to support that decision. Women with toddlers need to run their businesses different than women who have high school students. Maybe you don't have kids at all. I don't have kids. And I know that like life is simply different depending on where you're at and you have your own set of circumstances. So instead of comparison and Mm -hmm. looking around at competitors and what's working for them or what you think is working for them, I really want to know and understand the kind of life that you're after and how much it takes to support that life and what kind of time you even have available to do that in. And, you know, ultimately because I'm so passionate about that, we've, we've had women in pretty much every situation you can imagine Mm -hmm. um, from being a caregiver to full-time mom and business owner to, you know, 
really only being able to work part-time due to a chronic health condition, like, and everything in between, you know, even if you consider your life, quote unquote, like fairly normal, like (laughs) you still have different things going on than someone else does in their own business, even if you're in the same industry. Okay. So before we get back to the show, I want to ask you something. Have you managed to implement everything that you've learned from me so far on how to scale, become profitable in your business? Like for real, everything? Do you pay yourself at least 75K? Are your financials and your systems serving your life, not just your business? Well, if you're not paying yourself or selling your services consistently, then that means you are not doing what you need to create your growth and money goals. You are not taking the right actions, and if you don't change what actions that you take, there is something else that's not going to change. The results. Yep, the results that you're getting aren't going to change either. You'll continue to not see an increase in profit and will rinse and repeat until you tell everyone that business just didn't work and that you're quitting because you didn't love it. So if you are ready to figure out and maybe admit that you're not doing everything I've taught on this podcast and you need some help with the implementation, then you need to click in the link in the show notes. You need to book a call with me so that I can hear exactly where you are in business. Make sure that She Profit School is the right step for you and you can get started. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's that comparison that'll kill us, right? Because what we see from an external position is never reality, right? You don't ever see, I always feel like it's like that duck that's just like floating across the pond. And then all business owners to some extent are doing that quick little flutter underneath to keep going. And not necessarily that we're overworking or any of those things, but just nobody sees the inner workings of the business at the bottom, the way that you know intimately when you're in it. And that's not the stuff that we're putting out on social media. We can be very very authentic out in the world without being like, hey, yes, Tuesday, I hated my business. Wednesday, my kid got lice. Thursday, this happened. The dog ran away and I had to chase him down the street. Like those things, maybe bits and pieces of it, but then the fallout of what that looks like to your workday, we're not necessarily sharing that piece on the internet. So people don't see those things, right? right? Yeah. So if somebody in the audience right now is sitting there and thinking like, okay, So then how, what, how do I do this? Like if I, how do I do this? How do I do this better? What is the next thing I need to consider? So if if they have an understanding of their backwards math and they have that sorted out Mm -hmm. and they have an idea potentially of their availability, right? What life they're trying to create and what that looks like and what that costs. What's your next, what's your next suggestion? Where do they go from there? Yeah. So I think before you move on, you really have to make sure that you've included the time component because yes. I had, I had a conversation with a client literally just yesterday. And w- one thing I want for more women who are in that founders or CEO seat is ultimately client work for your position in the company you're running, whether it's just you or you in a small team realistically, you only have 20 to 30% of your time to give to clients. And she was like, what's, what's the magic? How do I get to 20 to 30%? Like, I can't imagine being at 20 to 30%. And I was like, well, how much of your time did you sell? 
And she was like, Ooh, she 90% so like all she, of my time she felt so called out and exactly what you're saying she mm-hmm. she um was working 30 hours a week I don't care if you're selling hourly you know how much time it takes to do the work that you're mm-hmm. you're doing and she essentially was giving 28 hours of her 30 hour work week to clients every week and I was like it's because you oversold your 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 weeks so either you're not pricing high enough to mm-hmm. get your time down to something that's reasonable or you're you're booking yourself too tight and not giving your space yourself the space that you could have to live the life that you keep saying you want and so if you don't consider the time component it, it can get really hairy um but i'm all about helping you figure out how to do that and it, it does take <laughs> some like you have to break yourself down enough to like believe you're worth doing it for. Cause I think mm-hmm. so often your willingness to do anything it takes is also your biggest weakness and reaching the goals you say you want. <sighs> I, yes, both of those things. So like, I want you to just, I want to just emphasize that 20 to 30% time to clients. I remember hearing you say that on a podcast and I don't remember what episode it was, but I do remember that you had said that exact thing. And I thought to myself, well, damn, because at the time, the way that I had structured my business, I was selling far more than that. It wasn't quite at the 90%, but it certainly was like 75% of my time. And what it felt like, what I definitely realized was this is why I get into trouble. So I've got four kids and what it creates is there's no wiggle room. There's no extra there. And the kids always need extra. Those humans just chaos happens around them. There's four of them. So there's four little chaos circles working. And at any given time, something goes sideways. It's just the nature of humans. And it's fine. And I love it, but I didn't have a buffer. There was no buffer between my available time. So I had sold all of my capacity and my extra, right? And my buffer. And I remember remember thinking like, oh, something has to change, right? Mm -hmm. So many people need to hear that piece kind of over and over again, right? On on repeat till they really look at the calendar. Reinforcing it over Uh and over again. Because ultimately, I'm also only talking, I'm not talking about 20, 30% of your all the time. I'm talking about your working hours. Yes. And so yeah, not your whole life. This isn't no, your like being no, breathing time. Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is just your working hours because ultimately you, as the business owner, you and your CEO seat, you have so many other components of the business you have to worry about. You have to think about yeah. the finance. You have to think about the operations. You have to think about the sales. You have to think about the leads. You have to think about the marketing. You have to literally all of it is on your plate. And even if you start adding team members, sure, you're delegating some stuff, but you guys are really bad at delegating. You really need to work on that. (laughs) Um, Yep. And so, you know, you have to give yourself the time and space to do the other things. And then on top of that, still have room for shit to hit the fan. And, you know, if you don't have that space, what I tend to see is someone either completely burns out or they run into a situation where they literally can't keep their doors open because the circumstance they ran into is significant enough that they can't serve their clients anymore. And, you know, there is opportunities to 
keep your doors open if you structure your business in a way that supports you, regardless of what season you're in. You guys are just not being respectful enough to yourself mm-hmm. for what you need to make it all work. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause I can think of every single client I've ever had, this has been a factor, right? And yeah. it was only when I started to really sort it out in my own business that then I was better able to coach to that degree at the same way, right? To be like, hey, no, I'm really going to call you out. And I feel a lot more powerful doing it because I actually have dealt with this myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you've definitely, I am certain, convinced people that it's like, okay, Abigail, so now what? Like, help us, help us more. We're not there. How, how can you help us? Like, how can you get us to the place of, well, then what's the solution to this? Yeah. So I think part of it is you have to look at your business more like an engine and the work that you're doing, like the fuel to the engine, your business has to operate like a machine. If you're going to do it as just you, and if you don't have consistency, it's going to be like, you're trying to rebuild the car every day instead of just driving the car that you already built. Like, and so what I tend to see is people have this broad spectrum of things that they're offering. I I love to call it the cheesecake factory menu where like, (laughs) you know, you have a specialty, maybe it's copywriting, maybe it's design, but like you let the clients come to you and then you have this conversation about what they need. And you're like, Oh, well, I could do that. Or I could do this, or I could also do this. And if I can do all of these things, then I can have this bigger project, which would allow me to make more money. And I could keep this client around and all the things. But the problem is if you keep going all the freak over the place with the types of services that you're offering, first of all, your clients just run you ragged because they Mm -hmm. there's no clear scope there's no clear process so they're just asking you questions left and right and you're in reaction mode instead of service mode and I want you to get to the point where you have a clear process in your business, where you have a clear and clean client experience. And the only way that's possible is if you narrow down your services enough that you have a clear set of offers that makes sense to a clear set of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will refer to this as like productizing your service. Um, But regardless of whether you ever plan to sell your business or not, productization is such an amazing part of what can give you more scale without the need for more people or more overhead, frankly, Mm -hmm. because if you don't add efficiency, It's just like remaking it over and over and over again. And if you imagine you were, if you still commuted, I know a lot of you now work from home, but if you still commuted and you had to go to the garage every day and build your car before you drove it to work, you'd be late every day. But if you just were able to get in and go and stop at the gas station and put some fuel in it, like. I don't know, like you get it in your life, but I don't know why you don't get it in your business. And so let me wake you up to the idea that you have this opportunity to create processes. And I know what you're saying right now. You're like, I would love to do that, but I'm not getting enough leads right now. I can't just sell this offer because if I only sell this one thing, then I don't have enough 
clients to make the kind of money that I need to make. And so I have to be all over the place because I need the income. And I hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting in this season that you get all the way down to one offer. If we were in a growing economy and things mm-hmm. were popping off, I would absolutely say lean all the way in, focus on one offer, focus on one service, nail down your process and turn through it and you know get great results for your clients. But we're in a different time right now. Mm-hmm. Things are different. And so I do think you need to be thinking about things that work collectively, but I'm talking like three to five things, not 25 things. And then if a client mentions something else that you'll do the research and figure out how to do it, that's what I'm saying we're not doing. And so it's great to add options on the front end that would set that person up to do your main service. So that could potentially be some sort of strategy intensive. That could potentially be some kind of audit. That could be the plan. That could be the wireframe. That could be the insert whatever things appropriate for your industry here. You could do basically what you would normally do during onboarding, but get paid to do it, show your value. And then you typically get pretty high conversions into your Mm -hmm. next offer because people really start to understand your process and they now realize, well, I really don't want to implement this myself. And I know you could just do it. So I want you to just do it. Um, Those introductory offers are such a great opportunity. And then on the back end, of whatever your signature service is. P.S. I recommend only one signature service. I agree. Totally. Um, I think having one go-to thing that you're kind of known for gives you a lot of opportunity for growth. Um, but on the back end of that service, you can think about things that one of the or three things. One, it could be something that is a good add-on that could turn into a retainer. So maybe you build a website, but on the back end, you consistently create new blog content for this website. You could even go, you could hire a ghostwriter to do the writing for you, but you just maintain the client relationship. They're getting content for the website you just built and they're seeing success in that way. The other option would be that you find a one-off thing that is a clear next step, um, Mm -hmm. a clear next trajectory. You know, maybe you solve this problem completely, but what does that shine the light on? What's your next obvious problem? What's the next obvious problem you need to tackle? And can you solve that as a one-time project in some way? And then the third thing would be what are clear connections in your industry that you can make that are either some sort of affiliate or partnership relationship where you you no longer maintain the client relationship, but you can turn them over to someone else who could do some sort of ongoing maintenance and you get some sort of payout for them taking it on. And this can end up being really passive if you create the right relationships it, because they will happily take a, a new client on a platter and mm-hmm. pay you accordingly for it. And so 
um, those have to be a bit more strategic and tend to take more time to develop. You know, the easy version of this is affiliate options that are mm-hmm. built into things like software, but the payout for that is going to be way, 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 way lower than you handing mm-hmm. them off to another service provider. So it just depends on what you're after. The goal here is not one thing to one kind of client. It's to build a set of services that all intertwine together and are super complementary and allow someone to flow from one thing to the next. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, that that is then the streamlined system that then can be so easily rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat for your clients and for you, right? In your day-to-day, which makes your life way better, way better. Yeah. Cause then you have, you have so much opportunity there either, you know, I've seen this go a lot of different ways. I've seen some clients who like increase the efficiency so much, they reduce the timeline and they'll work with just one client at a time. And maybe they're doing a two week sprint or a 30 day sprint and they just only work with this one person and then they pre-book the next slot and they just keep them going. I've also seen people specifically book multiple projects on the same timeline. So they're at the same phase of the project for multiple clients. And so they're not context switching as much um, because they can stay in the same kind of zone. You know, as you grow and add team members, it's not necessarily as essential to do either of those things. You might be able to maintain five or 10 clients on multiple different timelines, but that's a stepping stone. You have to create mm-hmm. efficiency first and then you can experiment from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening at the boss project? Tell us all the things like how can the audience go like, okay, this all sounds good, but you kept saying done for me. And like you, I want your brain on my business. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Abigail, how can yeah. they, well, what do you got? I definitely would recommend our group coaching program. If what we talked about today is up your alley, I know the incubator could very well be the perfect situation for you. I'd love to have a conversation. So um, you can actually book a call with me directly. If you go to bossproject.com slash incubator, you can hear a little bit more about that program, but you can sign up and get a slot on my calendar and we can chat. And I'd love to see if this makes sense for you. But if you just like want something today to increase your productivity and really get something just started and off the ground, I want to give you my secret weapon. Like seriously, everybody lean in, pay attention. Secret weapon here, guys. (laughs) I have been testing and using AI for months now and developed a set of tools that are going to completely revolutionize small businesses and really add so much efficiency to every aspect of business you can imagine. I have um, scripts for operations. I have scripts for creating new content. Um, If you have a small team, I even have some management ones that are really incredibly powerful And I'm putting them all together in a bundle for you guys. So you can go see what that's all about at bossproject.com slash AI and dive in. 
this is definitely a great starting point and I'd love to hear from you. So after you've snagged it, send me a DM over on Instagram. You can find Boss Project there and a link to my personal profile at Abigail Says. Uh, send me a DM over there. I'd love to hear from you. And listen to the Strategy Hour podcast. Subscribe. Yes. We're going to be friends. It's going to be great. I am so excited <laughs> for you. And I look forward to seeing what you guys do next. I love all of that. And I cannot strongly enough encourage you guys to go check out the podcast. Go check out the AI solutions. I know that that is on the docket of things that we're talking about here all the time. And it makes your life easier. You need to know what you're doing, but it can make your life easier. So just get a little help, get a little tutorial, a little Cole's notes on how to manage this, right? Yeah. Huge, huge shift. I think in our entire industry. Oh, hundred percent. It's don't, incredible. don't be afraid of it. Don't yeah. be intimidated by it. It's, it's the time to embrace it. So I'm excited for yeah. you. Yeah. Become an early adopter of AI. You guys, it's going to be worthwhile in your business. And the more things that you can just make easier in your lives, the more profitable you can become, which is the name of the game at the end of the day anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Abigail, thank you so much for joining me today on the She Needs Grit podcast. This has been really, really fun. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. I'm so glad I was able to join you. Um, it was amazing. I, I got so revved up. So I thank you so <laughs> much for having me. And I look forward to getting to know more of your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to hear um, you guys feel free, the same as Abigail, like go chat with her in the DMs, you know, come and chat with me in the DMs. If you love this podcast and you want to hear more content like this, the best way to let me know is just come tell me directly and we can, we can uh, take that under advisement and we'll get more of this kind of content for you. So until next time, get out there, be profitable in your business. Don't overwork. It is the summer and it's too hot for that. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.